see you guys. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us right now from uh, off-site campus, internet, at home, on vacation, in a correctional center, wherever you happen to be. We are glad that you are with us today. And uh, what a great day. If you're just visiting Charleston, this is what we call fall. And uh, it's kind of like summer, only it's just a little nicer. And uh, yeah, glad you're here. Hey, why are you here today? That'd be a good question. I want you to think about that. Why are you here? You know, so for some of us, we go, well, you know, it's my habit every week, which is good. I mean, you know, healthy habits are, are good. In fact, during COVID, I think we kind of slipped into, anybody slip into unhealthy habits? Anybody at all? Yeah. Even spiritually, we have. And it's good that, good that you're here. So you say, well, you know what? Uh, God changed my life in this church. There was a moment for me or my family or, you know, my relationships or whatever. God changed my life. That's good too. That's that's good. Uh, let me give you a kind of a uh, uh, an overarching kind of a uh, Jesus comment on why we exist as a church. Why does Seacoast exist? Why do we come uh, and worship together? Small groups, all of those kinds of things. Well, Jesus said in Matthew five and verse thirteen, he says, "You are the salt." Say salt. I love salt. I know I shouldn't love sodium, but I do. One of the things I didn't like about COVID was you'd go to a restaurant and they wouldn't even have the salt shakers out there. How do you know that? As if you would catch COVID from a salt shaker. <laughs> salt. Say salt together. Salt. What does salt do? It makes things taste better, right? Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light. Say light. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So here's why we exist as a church, Seacoast, is to make things taste better and to brighten every room we walk into. That's what it is. When you walk into work on Monday morning, you're not the complainer. When you walk into your college classroom, you bring light. It tastes better because you are there. You are the salt and the light of the earth. So why? Because people will see our good deeds and then they'll know Jesus. Okay. And that's why we exist as a church. We decided a while back that 
we'd be a little bit more intentional about this. And so uh, we, we kind of formed Legacy Lanes. This is Legacy Weekend, by the way. If you're new here first week, I'm glad you're here. You'll hear about why we exist as a church, what we're excited about, and how we can participate together. But uh, Legacy Lanes, legacy simply means what I want to be remembered for. Older I get, the more I think about that. What do I want to be remembered for? And Legacy Lanes are seacoast. These are the things that we want to be remembered for. Now, Jesus was specific about where and how our light was to shine uh, with his last words that he spoke on earth. How many of you know that last words are important? Last words are important, right? And so Jesus is on the Mount of Olives, just to give a little kind of geology or and, and maybe a little bit of a history to that. If you've ever been to uh, Jerusalem with us or been to Israel with us, or if you've seen a picture of Jerusalem, big, broad, broad picture, they're usually taking those from the Mount of Olives, okay? And the Mount of Olives is where Jesus is getting ready to ascend. These are his last words on earth. And by the way, I believe that he'll be coming back soon to the same place. Mount of Olives is where he'll, he'll land when he comes back. And he's giving these words of instruction uh, to the church. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Can you say my witnesses? That's our job. We're just a witness. We're not the prosecuting attorney. You know, we're not the judge. Too many churches feel like we are the judge. No, 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 no. We're the witness. We just, wit we just tell, tell a story. Just witness of God's good works in our life, okay? So we're, you're, you're to be witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so he was giving them their areas of responsibility. He said, first of all, your hometown. I want you to be witnesses in your hometown, in Jerusalem. And then I want you to go to Judea and Samaria, which is other parts of the nation, okay? And then, and then I want you to ultimately go to the ends of of the earth. And that's where you show your good deeds, your salt and light, so that people will know Jesus and, and trust the Father. So translated to us, we have the same legacy lanes that they did. They had three of them. We have five. Let, let me show you how. Number one is the local area. Local missions, we call it. Local missions is our first area. And that's around wh wherever you happen to be right now. You're in Somerville. It's the area around Somerville. You're in Asheville. It's the area around Asheville. Right here, I'm standing in Mount Pleasant. So it's this area, local missions. And then we've got national missions, which is our nation. For most of us here, that would be America. Uh, some of you online are in other countries. I know there are several that watch very faithfully from the UK. And so that's your kind of national mission. Or maybe Brazil, Mexico, that's your, that's your national mission. Um, and then global missions, which is the ends of the earth. And then specific to us, we have two more lanes. And that's next gen, because we feel very, very uh, strongly that uh, we, we've got to invest in the next generation, okay? And then campus projects, local campus projects that help us to fulfill the mission that God has for us in our community. So let me just review for a few minutes. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to review for a few minutes some of the good things that God's doing, some of the things that we would like to see if everything was, uh, was possible and uh, God's will was being done. This is what we'd love to see this, this coming year in these legacy lanes. And then at the end, I want to give you a real short, real short uh, teaching 
called God Needs Your Donkey. Okay, so we'll, we'll do that, and you're going to love it. You're, you're going to absolutely love it. So here we go. So the first lane is uh, local missions, local missions. Uh, basically, what that means to us as Seacoast is we just help people who are hurting. That's it. That's the phrase. If you're hurting, we want to help in some way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 22, it says, when I was uh, uh, with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. What's interesting is that um, he's saying to the church, he's saying that my generosity or my charity to the weak, to those who are hurting, has a purpose. Because not all giving is the same. You know, uh, not all compassion and charity is the same. It's probably all good, although there, there have been books written about how we can, we can make matters worse with our charity than with, without, and I won't get into what that means. We try to do it in a, in a, a wholesome way here. But it, uh, not all compassion and charity, charity leads to Christ. He says, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. So we want to attach our acts of kindness to the love of Christ. Um, in other words, uh, like one of those is, is tipping. If you guys go to a restaurant following this service and you don't tip at least 20%, don't tell them what church you're from. <laughs> don't tell them. Tell them you're Catholic or Baptist. Or, you know what? Don't tell them Seacoast. I don't want the reputation around our campuses to be that we are cheap. Amen? amen? Give us a stronger amen than that. Amen? We are not cheap. So we have a baseline. You say, well, 20% is a lot. Just figure that that's what it costs. And these poor folks, they can't get enough workers anyway. Okay? The workers need more funds. And so we can be a part of that. Okay? We don't need a government deal. We just are generous, right? Generous. And uh, so, uh, but if you're super generous... You need to let them know why. Let them know why. That, that makes it even better. Like, like, for instance, the Lord leads you. And every once in a while, the Lord ought to do this. The Lord leads you to give just an outrageous gift to a, a, a server, waitstaff, or whatever. And when you do uh, say, you know what? Let me tell you the reason is God has blessed me so much. I mean, God has been generous with me. And I want you to know I want to be generous with you. That, what that does is that whets an appetite, right? What's an appetite? So maybe they'll know Jesus and, and trust, trust God with their lives because you have no idea what's gone on in the 24 hours, 36 hours before God moved on your heart to give more than what you normally would. And so we serve the practical needs of people in our cities so that they would open their hearts to God. Uh, we're going to do that this week. We're going to serve thousands of people with Thanksgiving dinners. We've been doing that for years and years and years and years. You guys have been generous with your time, treasure, uh, talents in doing that. Um, annually, over uh, 1,200 individual patients this past year were served at the North Charleston and the West Ashley Dream Clinics. And that's kind of exciting. This year, we would like to add a Somerville Dream Center. And we want to cover the cost of the Dream Centers uh, with about $150,000. That is amazing. If, we will, if we'll give $150,000, we can cover the cost. Why? Because doctors and nurses and you know, uh, physicians of all kinds volunteer their time 
so that we can be a blessing to the community. And that's one of the, the, the just the coolest things. I love being a, being a part of that. We also want to add a warming shelter at our West Ashley campus. And we figure that's going to cost about $50,000. So if you'd like to give toward local missions, those are some things you could give toward. All of our campuses also have projects that campus pastors will be telling you about in a few minutes. And then together we come together for a serve day once a year. Uh, this past year, our serve day, we had over 4,000 seacoasters who were serving in various projects, food pantries, food distribution, homeless outreaches, home repairs, gift baskets to first responders, support for single moms, neighborhood cleanups. Over 400 volunteers packed 60,000 meals for the Feed, feed the Hungry uh, packathon. And uh, so it, it was an amazing time. And this year, this next serve day will be July the 16th, 2022, and it's going to be epic. Say epic with me together. We are going to have 10,000, say 10,000. 10,000 seacoasters who are going to serve the community. And say this with me, repeat after me. And I'm going to be one of them. Oh, that was weak. Say it again. And I'm going to be one of them. It was equally as weak, but it was good right here in this section. Start thinking about that. It's great. You will get more than you give. I will, I will, uh, I, I will assure you of that. Somebody said today we need to call it a 10K, you know, 10K serving day. It's not a race. I don't know if that's good or not. But anyway, was a, it was an interesting idea. So anyway, so we do a lot of local missions, all right? You can follow this stuff if you want to by going online at seacoast.org front slash legacy. Seacoast.org, front slash legacy, got all these pro, uh, uh, projects and how we're doing on it and needs that we have on those, okay? Second lane is national missions, national missions. Did you know that the apostles and leaders and prophets in the first uh, century were uh, concerned about uh, national missions? They were concerned. They didn't just build their own churches. It wasn't like, you know, this is my church, this is Seacoast Church, and it's in you know, this part of Jerusalem, and we just take care of this. No, they were interested in all the churches, all the churches. In fact, in uh, 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 Acts chapter 16 and verse 5, said, so the churches were strengthened in their faith, and they grew larger every day. I thank God for all the churches in our area that are preaching Jesus, and we need each one of them. We're all part of the same team. Would you say amen? Amen. And then we have uh, uh, at Seacoast, uh, we have a couple of specific national missions, and one of those is the ARC, the Association of Related Churches. We started the ARC about 21 years ago now, a little over 20 years ago, and uh, it's grown to an organization that puts $9 million a year toward planting new churches, $9 million. Did you know that we didn't stop for covid People ask me, other church planning organizations or churches, say, what'd you do for COVID? Did you just kind of put it on hold? Actually not. I mean, we gave new church planners the opportunity maybe to wait a year or wait two years, however long it'll be done. But we went ahead and planted churches. During uh, 2020, we planted 35 brand new churches in person. We launched 22 churches online, six globally. And on the first Sunday, the very first Sunday, putting all those churches together, we had over 400 people that raised their hand and said, I want to follow Jesus. Okay? 2021, 
We planted 61 churches. And on the first Sunday, very first Sunday, over 500 people raised their hands and said, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In just a few weeks, in Jan uh, second or third week of January, we will plant our 1,000th church. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it go. I'm sneaking in there and uh, showing up and uh, maybe take a worship leader with me. Who knows? Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, for, for a brand new, brand new church. And so anyway, uh, so, so that's one of our national missions and we give toward that. Uh, second one is the retreat at Church Creek. Um, I, I was reading just this week, somebody sent it to me, a survey by George Barna. He surveys a lot of Christianity stuff, church stuff, pastor stuff, just this week. And he said, this year, 2021, he said, the survey of pastors said that uh, I, I believe the number was, I didn't write it down, 38% of pastors would quit if they could. Not to go to another church, just quit, just be done. And then I read deeper into the study and it said the younger you got, the higher the number. It said uh, those that were 45 years and younger, the number was 46%. 46% would quit right now. And you say, well, why? We could go through all kinds of things. I talk to pastors all the time. This is not a surprise to me. There are a lot of reasons over the last couple of years why it's just gone like this. But we have got to keep these guys in the game. If you guys came to the ARC conference, and a lot of you served at the ARC conference, it was wonderful for me. It was my two worlds colliding, Seacoast and ARC. I wanted you to see it. And one thing you'll notice, this is a millennial movement. I mean, all of our guys are young. The churches they plant are young. And when you take out a young pastor... It impacts not just their family, but it impacts dozens, hundreds, sometimes thousands of people for each one. We got to keep them in the game. And what we have figured out is that if we can bring them into retreat, um, let yours truly get in their head a little bit, get them a band of brothers, Chip Judd helps them to see life right, and then we follow up on them, we are seeing major, major impact. We stepped out in faith, bought a piece of land over on John's Island, and just started. We didn't, you know, that's kind of how I am. Some people are ready, aim, fire. I'm fire, and then we'll get ready and aim at some point. And so we bought it, and we immediately began bringing folks in. We've had, we've had over, over 200 leaders come, and they all tell the same story after they come. I'm going to play you some videos. Let me, tell you, let me tell you why I picked these. What I did is I told guys, just go home, uh, video it yourself. I don't have enough money to have a video team. We're, we're like, you know, we... we did I mention we just uh, fired without being ready and aimed? And so we don't have video equipment and all that kind of stuff. So you go home, you do your selfie, and you tell me what this meant to you. And I had dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of them that did it. And I picked three, not because they're the best story. They're representative of all the others. I picked three because they followed the instructions and stayed to less than 60 seconds. So here we go. Here we go. Let's Let's... See three of the guys. Pastor Greg and the retreat at Church Creek. Hey, I was able to attend in June. Uh, I want you to know that the facilities are amazing. Uh, there's so much fun, so many great conversations and connections to be made. But I think one of the, the greatest things about the retreat is for pastors to be able to come and unplug, but also allow God to do a work in our lives. I know for me, uh, this this past three months has been just a, a time of healing for, for my life. And it all started at the retreat. And so I want to say thank you for investing into pastors and their families 
Your generosity is truly making a difference. Thanks so much. Hello, my name is Telvin Howe, and I'm a pastor of Mayus Church in Hampton, Virginia. And you know, just a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to attend a pastor's retreat down in Church Creek in South Carolina with Pastor Greg Seraph. And you know, it came at a very critical time in my ministry. Um, I was feeling discouraged, feeling down, feeling defeated. And so attending this retreat was like a breath of fresh air. Not only was it a time just to relax and rub shoulders with other pastors going through similar things, but it was also an opportunity to get my soul ministered to every night as we had table time. And so if you don't know what table time is, I tell you what, you need to learn about table time. And so I just want to say thank you so much to Pastor Greg, to his team that ministered to us, uh, just served us hand and foot. And I tell you what, this is something that I believe every pastor ought to be a part of uh, just for their own soul. So again, thank you, Pastor Greg, for just a wonderful opportunity. And thank you for ministering to my soul. God bless. Hey, what's up? My name is Clint and my wife, Stephanie, and I, we pastor Oasis Church just north of Nashville. And uh, I cannot say enough about the retreat at Church Creek and how much it impacted my life. My wife and I planted Oasis Church in the middle of the global pandemic. And as you can imagine, that had a lot of challenges, still has a lot of challenges. And I went into the retreat feeling like a failure, didn't know how much longer I wanted to do this. And being at the retreat and finding the rest that was there, finding the brotherhood that was there and the mentorship that was there genuinely changed my life it changed the life of our church. I still look back every day and think about that retreat and how much it impacted me. And I think about the things that I left there. And uh, it is one of the most important things I've ever done in my ministry life. Um, and we cannot thank you enough for your investment into the retreat at Church Creek. Isn't that cool? I wish, I wish I had time to tell you stories about these guys. I mean, Clint, just got a building that they can worship on Sunday mornings two weeks ago. He was so excited. He texted all of us that have been at his little group, and there's just a band of brothers. Well, here's what we want to do. This year, by faith, we will host 500 leaders. It costs $1,500 per leader to do it. And so what I'm asking, if some of you feel so led to help us to sponsor uh, pastors to come to the retreat. We are saving pastors, families, and entire churches, I believe. It is a multiplied investment. Um, uh, just, just a few weeks ago, uh, a business leader uh, came to me and said, I believe in this so much, God's blessed our business, that we are going to sponsor uh, 100 pastors. That was a $150,000 gift that they gave out of their business. Uh, somebody, yeah. Somebody that was sitting... In, in this service, uh, just uh, uh, two weeks ago, came to me, and he knew that this was something that we were going to be talking about, and he said, my wife and I want to sponsor 25. That was a $40,000 investment. Uh, somebody else said, I, 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 I want to do one. I can do $125 a month and do one pastor in a year. Somebody else, a little lady on a limited income, said, I'll do $50, $50 a month in order to, and maybe I can do half a pastor. I don't know what a half a pastor is, but... <laughs> I said, somebody else will take the other half of that pastor. I will guarantee you. And uh, so anyway, uh, if you can help us, that would be great. You can go to seacoast.org uh, uh, legacy 
and national missions, and then global missions, global missions. And he said, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everybody. We do this strategically. We used to just kind of shotgun scatter, you know, and many, many years ago, we came up with a strategy through uh, Jody McCall, Jason Surratt, one of the best strategies there is in America on how to do this. Um, and uh, we, we provide, uh, we partner with local churches. We provide clean water and health care, disaster relief, education, spiritual care. Uh, one example, um, which kind of ties national and global together, Bishop Mushtag, who some of you have met, planted a church in Pakistan. A Taliban uh, threatened to kill him. He came here. Uh, we got acquainted. He went back to, uh, to uh, uh, Pakistan. We helped him with some secure housing. And uh, he decided he wanted to start ARC in Pakistan. And he's so proud of the fact that during the year 2020, that they had their ARC conference for Pakistan in February. So they were the only ARC global point that actually met in person. They had over 1,100 pastors from Pakistan for their art gathering, and you guys paid for it. You didn't know it, but you paid $80,000 to facilitate that, okay? And the theme was better together. Well, a month later, the uh, pandemic came, and you know, it was inconvenient for a lot of us. It was more than inconvenient for some of our global partners. For, for, for instance, Pakistan closed down the whole country for two or three months. Now, when they closed down the country, they didn't go, oh, let me give you some payroll help to make your payroll. Let me give you a couple thousand dollars to help you buy food. They closed it down. You don't go to work. You don't do anything. And so we, they had people starving, literally starving. Mushtag called us through, through our, our local uh, missions folks, Jody and Jason, and said, I need a car in order to go from place to place, and I need supplies to give to people. And so... Uh, we were able to give them a car, plus, uh, together with some other churches, uh, we, we raised enough money to feed 29,000 people in those churches for two months and to provide a salary for 350 pastors for two months. And now, I want to tell you something, they believe in the association of related churches. They said, we know what it means to be better together. Uh, I love that. This year, we gave away close to $3 million just from this congregation toward the Global Missions Lane. Your legacy giving will allow us to continue to do so. Fourth Lane is next gen. We're going to talk about that because John Holm, uh, best youth pastor in America, gave a message last week on next generation. And then we've got local projects. Uh, Jesus said, I will build my church. I love that he said my, not the. He said, this is my church. Seacoast is my church. It's your church. Jesus cares about it. He says, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. This, that during COVID, we opened a new building in, in, in Irmo, which was just amazing. And they're at full capacity now there. Uh, we just recently purchased land on John's Island, and uh, we're going to build a facility there. In fact, I spoke at John's Island last week. I had a couple. They told me, you can use our names. You can use our thing. If it will help anybody, I'm not going to use their names. Walked up to me afterwards and said, we want to give $100,000 toward this project. Another couple came and said a very, very similar thing. Just amazing, the generosity uh, in, in all of that. We've located potential land 
uh, uh, for our Somerville campus. Your campus pastors will be telling you uh, some more things that are local, uh, that, um, that uh, are, are projects. But that's our local projects. And somebody, this happens all the time. People will say over the years, haven't we done enough? I mean, aren't there enough? Isn't this church big enough? Aren't there enough churches, really? How much is enough? And here's how I would answer that. When there's no more hurting people and everybody knows the love of Jesus, we'll call it a day, okay? But until then, until then, we're going to keep giving and serving and loving. How much do we need for the vision that we laid out in the legacy, seacoast.org, front slash legacy? This year is about $22 million. And here's the good news. We have all that money already. The, not the good news is it's still in your pockets, okay? But we're going to help you. I suckered a few of you in, didn't I? Don't clap till you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but what's, what's cool about this and, uh, is, is that we don't twist anybody's arms. Uh, you control the timing on the vision. We just lay it out. You control the timing, and you just ask God, what, what, uh, what does he want you to provide? Okay, let me give you, I, told, I promise you a short teaching, won't take long. I love this. Let's go back to the Mount of Olives. Jesus now is getting ready to go to Jerusalem for the last time. He'll be crucified. And he looks over Jerusalem and he says this in Luke chapter 19. He says, after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever written, a brand new coat. Untie it. He says, untie it. See if I can do this. There we go. He says, untie it. Basically, go steal their colt. <laughs> he says, untie it. And if anybody sees you, taking it and ask, why are you untying the colt? Tell them the Lord needs it. And so they brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks on the colt and put it on Jesus. And put Jesus on it and he went along. People spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place of the road where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. What is this? This is a Palm Sunday, right? It's a Palm Sunday story. Let me give you just two or three things from it. Number one, God needs certain things to advance his kingdom on earth. Do you know that God needs things? I mean, God can create something out of nothing, but he just doesn't hardly ever do that. He uses you and I. He, he needs things. He needs things. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is in Philippians 4.19. It says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I love that. I've, I've seen that. God meets our needs. But here's the question. Are we supplying God's needs? Are we? Well, what does God need? Here's the second point. You have something that God needs. In this particular story, God needed a donkey to fulfill prophecy. There's an Old Testament prophecy that says that the king will ride in on a donkey, and he, he needed a donkey. Needed a donkey. Now, he he needs things that you and I have. He needs gifts and resources and time. We have things that need to be untied. 
things that need to be untied for God's purposes. Here's the third thought. To supply what God needs requires a right response from you and I. Imagine somebody coming to your house and stealing your donkey. I don't have a donkey. No, I've got a BMW, you know, or I've got a Honda, or I've got a, you're really cool like me, you've got a Jeep, okay? And, uh, and you saw somebody in the driveway there just untying, you know, your Jeep. What would you do? Call the police, right? <laughs> well, probably. But you know what? It happened. They said the Lord needs it. They responded properly. They were all in. They understood the principle of stewardship, that they, the donkey was from God, and if God needed to use the donkey, that'll be fine. We'll let it go. Would that have been your response? Would that have been mine? See, God's calling all of us to generous giving, a passionate commitment to his vision, a willingness to just do it because you love. You know, they didn't even get their name in the, you know, okay, you can have my donkey if you put my name in the Bible. Put my name on the story in the Bible. You get my donkey. You have the donkey. I didn't even have their name. It was anonymous. It was amazing. It was generous. It was generous. Here's the fourth thing. When you supply what God needs, you gain and you never lose. See, a lot of times we have a scarcity mentality. Will there be enough for me? That's why we get upset when somebody else gets blessed. When somebody else gets promoted. When somebody else gets the thing that you want. And you go, our, our thought pattern is God's blessing is a reservoir. There's only so much. When actually it's a river and there's plenty for everybody. And, uh, and, 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 so, and, and so they gained. They gained. What did they gain? They facilitated Palm Sunday. They helped fulfill prophecy and here's what's amazing uh mark's gospel says they got their donkey back the lord needs it he'll send it back here immediately to you luke 6 and verse 38 says given it will be given to you a good measure pressed down shaken together and running over be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured to you i'll close with a personal story Started Seacoast 33 years ago. Debbie's here, front row in this service. We, we were poor. <laughs> we, we were in northern Illinois. You, know, you talk about bad economy. We had 25% unemployment. And to have a house loan or a church loan or whatever was 18%. Look it up. This was the 80s. It was, it was, it, and we hadn't taken a check quite a while. And the, the church there, as we came here, they gave us a $2,000 check or $2,000 offering which was incredibly generous. So by the time it was time to build our first building here, about two years in, uh, we had $2,300 in our savings account because I'd saved up 300 plus that 2,000. And um, we were challenging people to give. I really didn't know how to do that. I've never been very good at fundraising, you know? And so, and so uh, we said, we're all gonna do what we, we can do. And I, and, and I understood the principle. I understood the principle that every gift matters. And people don't give the same amounts. It's proportional. You know, Jesus took his disciples watching an offering one time and there was a you know, guy who had a lot of money and man, he, he gave what looked like a lot. Jesus said that really isn't much for him. This little widow came over and she gave two mites, just two pennies. He said, she gave it all. So I understood that. I understood that small gifts, large gifts, 
Only God knows. It's fine. But I wanted to give a significant gift, and I had $2,300, which is pretty significant, but I wanted to, I wanted to give a real significant gift. And so I asked God for a creative idea, and he gave me one. And I figured out, I figured out how to buy a house, investment house for no money down. And uh, yes, I caused the collapse of 2007. <laughs> I sold that house for, and got a $50,000 profit. And I gave that first building fund $50,000, which to me was, that was just over the moon. I mean, I'd never seen that kind of money in my life. Well, the other day I was walking through this building. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, I could have done a lot of things with that $50,000 profit because I could have got the profit regardless. You know, it was just a principle and got it. I could have bought a new boat or a new truck. I would have loved to have had a new truck back then or added onto our house. Then I thought, what would that be today, 30 years later? That boat would be in a boat nursing home somewhere. You know, parts, you know, the, that truck, 30-year-old truck isn't worth much, you know. House, I would have forgotten by now. We don't live in that house anymore. But you know what? I can take you to the cement right, right down the hall right here, that first building that I invested in. And my grandkids are sitting in chairs that we paid for way back then. You know what? I have never, ever regretted legacy giving, which is giving that outlasts you. And I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to untie some resources because the Lord needs them, okay? Yeah, everybody got a string as you came in. Did you get a string? Pull the string out. Would you pull the string out? Here's what I want you to do with this string. I want you to, uh, I want you to tie it onto your, your purse strap or maybe a jacket zipper or Bible zipper or keys. You can tie it onto a key ring. Just tie it loosely. And it will remind you. Some of you know right now what God's saying to you to give. It's great. But a lot of us will be thinking about this. We'll be praying about it. God, before the end of the year, what, what are we going to give? And, uh, and I want that to remind you every day when you turn your car on or put your coat on or grab your purse or whatever it is to just pray and say, God, what do you want from me? And then, and then when you know and when you're ready to give, untie the resources. And this is symbolic of that to you. And then offer it to God. I'm going to pray for you in just a second. But before I do, I want to, I want to just walk through, especially for the campuses, how you give toward legacy. I think we've got uh, a, a slide that maybe if, if you've got a, a phone and you want to give online, you don't have to give online. In fact, if you want to make an appointment, talk to us. We'll, we'll do that, whatever you want to do. But uh, online, you can go to seacoast.org backslash legacy. Go to the next one. And there's the legacy page. It talks about all the different projects. Give now. Give now can be a one-time gift or a recurring gift. It, uh, the, go back just a second. The drop-down says legacy offering. If you don't care where it goes, you, know, you guys use it the best. Just You can just do that, put your email, phone, all that. Go next, drop down, or you can drop down the legacy offering, and it gives all the different places. Next gen, local missions, global. When I talk to you about Church Creek, that's national missions. Okay, if that what uh, you know, touches your heart, 
projects, all the different projects, okay? And then go to the next one. There isn't a next one. All right, good. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you for your people. Thank you for just giving vision. Thank you for letting us be a part of loving the world through Jesus. And God, now I just pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's respond. Can we thank God for the word that he's given us today? You know, every time the word of God is preached, it always demands a response. The wise man who built his house on the rock was the man who heard the word of God and did what is said. When you read through the book of Psalms, there's always this word that, that pops up, and it says selah, which means think on these things. And every Sunday, we want to create a selah moment where we can stop and ask ourselves two questions. What did God speak to me, and what am I going to do about it? Because when we respond, the Word of God becomes active in our life. And so there's a few ways to respond. You can go to the cross, and you can nail a prayer request, something you're struggling with on the cross. We have teams that come in and pray over those prayer requests. We got your back. Also, we've got candles, and you can light a candle in remembrance of someone that you're missing today or something that you're struggling with. You want to light a candle as a symbol that you're giving it over to God. You can do that there. There's communion at those stations as well. We also have our prayer teams, which are getting in position right now at the front of the church. If, if you need prayer, we'd love to take a moment to pray with you. That's what we're here for. And so let's take a moment today to respond.